Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What's good, everybody? This is the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, rocking with you here in Chicago. We have a a dope show here for you this week. Again, thank you to everyone who continues to be amazing and rocking with us here in Chicago, rocking with me and rocking with our show. If you missed our last episode, we, of course, had a banger because it's all we do up in this piece is make bangers and make dope shows for you all. To listen to, uh, it is a truncated week uh, because I have just been busy and a little bit sad and a little bit down and a little bit uh, in a weird content creator slump. Uh, We all have it as content creators. We're all trying to figure our way through it. Um, And I'll be honest, like last week was was pretty rough. I'm recording this on Memorial Day, uh, recording this in the basement in the book of basement as they say from the fuji la crew um and um yeah it was a long week like it was just a very emotionally draining week it was just very busy it was full of a lot of energy in the space that just wasn't really good i wasn't really excited about talking about games to be fair and and it is winds up kind of bleeding into your into your work and you're kind of want to do work uh, around a thing that you love or, or a thing that you're really excited about or any of that kind of stuff. It winds up bleeding into the work that you wind up doing. And it shouldn't have been that way for a week last week uh, that had, or I should say this week or, you know, kind of last week. Um, and when you think about it, you know, should have been great. Like had a really great show with Jason Schreier who was on last week really excited for like there was so much gaming news uh during this week and we're going to talk about it on the episode today um but man we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, there's not like a get it off my chest moment this week that's coming i don't i may dig into some of the feelings and emotions that have been going around in my brain and in my and in my spirit uh for the past week but it's it's always really interesting to kind of come to grips when you hit that weird creator kind of content wall. I think a lot of folks wind up um, remembering or trying to remember the reasons why you jump into a business like this. And, and, you know, I'm seeing so many friends get wins and I'm seeing so much uh, of people I love and respect kind of doing dope stuff. And then there's also this extra, extra layer of the industry right now that damn, it just feels so down and it feels so, um, it feels so dour and rote and, 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 and aggressive and problematic and, um, like super just unnecessary, which, which to me again, like, you know, people have their own, things that get them excited or get them up in the morning and get them kind of hyped for whatever the day may bring and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit older. I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, just not in the mood for some of the whackness that I see kind of going around the space. Of course, there's going to be external whackness that comes into the space. I think it's always there. We're inundated with the, um, 
the dredges of the internet who always have a thing to say about everything that we in in the industry do, but it bothers me even more to see just how many of my peers jump into the into the murky waters for no reason. Like it's so much unnecessary, angsty, thin-skinned stuff that I feel like we should be above the fray, but we're just not. And that that part to me is weighing on me this week. Um, so we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. It'll, it'll, it'll be woven into the conversation based on the games and stuff that we talk about. Um, but uh, but uh, but I am I do want to get into some of the cool shit that wound up getting shared this week because there was a lot of cool stuff that got got talked about this week. I think from a gaming perspective, there's always going to be fun conversations that happen. Uh, there's always going to be the ability to dig into some stuff that feels really good. I think that there was some great news in terms of games that I'm really excited about. Um, and everything and their mother got shown last week, like Thursday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was a nuts week uh, for that's part of the week uh, for game releases and game conversation and all that kind of stuff. So first up was Horizon Forbidden West. That game is a next-gen console game in the most beautiful ways. I am so excited to see the reimagining of Alloy, the 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 new version of what this game is gonna be is gonna bring to the table. And I'm so hyped at what they're gonna be able to do. So they 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 had a state of play. Sony had a, Sony had a state of play um, on Thursday. Uh, and it was 14 minutes of Horizon Forbidden West gameplay on a PS5, and no joke, no no joke. I watched that thing, and I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm talking about." Like when we talk about what we have an expectation for from a next gen console, from a, from next gen gameplay, from a not gameplay wise, because the gameplay is still you know, lagging behind in terms of what I would think I'd want to see from like com- compound systems working on each other and, and doing that kind of stuff. But visually, Horizon Forbidden West is exactly what I have an expectation for when we're saying we want to see this next leap in graphical fidelity in a game. Like I just finished playing a thing uh, that I can't talk about yet, um, which I feel also is in that realm of we are seeing things in this visual splendor category that is just so very different than what we're used to um, or what we should have a new expectation for as a baseline to hit that it winds up being, um, it winds up being something where you're just like, holy shit, this is, this is exactly what I had an expectation for. This is the stuff that I was hoping to see. This is the stuff that, when I think about what this generation is going to bring from a visual standpoint, which is going to get better, mind you, we're only in like the first 3% <laughs> of what next gen is going to be probably not even 3%. Um, and it just looks so good. It is such a gorgeous, beautiful looking thing where you're seeing alloy come back as a little bit older character you're seeing some of the old characters come back into the into the into the story. You're seeing new enemies. You're seeing new locales. You're seeing new graphical touches. 
you know, Alloy now has this kind of grappling hook. She's using different kinds of weapons where she shot like this. She shot this arrow at this mecha elephant. And, you know, if you're familiar with Horizon gameplay, you know that the, one of the main components of that game is to kind of knock off parts of the metal structures that wind up, you know, enclosing or, you know, uh, 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 kind of covering up the the enemies. And she shot this one arrow that looked like it was this uh, organic goo that that kind of slowed down the enemy and just the viscosity of the of of the material felt lifelike and real like you could see it stretch and move and 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 glisten and kind of just like pull itself across the body of the elephant holding it down and holding it in place and it was again stuff like that is like what i want to be able to kind of see be this thing where we're seeing all these kinds of layers of 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 all of it kind of come together to build out what we think is going to be this very new these kind of new systems in play um you know alloy you know the, again there was a conversation around alloy's face and and facial structure this this week that was super stupid and really dumb and and again like friends and foes got into that conversation in a way that was super unnecessary um and then it was still like the same conversation around the kind of cultural appropriation bits that was there, which we knew were going to pop back up as soon as this character got shown on screen. Um, some of it deserved and some of it, I just don't care. Um, but it was really cool to see again, how gorilla has now broadened out this universe in even small ways, even with the way that they, characters move and the new enemies feel like just small touches of like the lower mandible from these kind of like super fast stalkery uh, animals has like a chainsaw as the jaw and and you know like it's all these like really just small fantastic touches like you know the way alloy is moving through this grass now and this grass the way it looks is super lifelike the way that you know the transition that they had from her being above the water to then going underneath the water. And that transition was just like chef's kiss times 10. It was just so good to see how well they have transitioned that stuff, the stuff they're doing with lighting and the stuff they're doing with movement and and all that kind of stuff. Again, is like, these are all the little things that when you have, you know, spent the money for a new nice TV or, you know, you're, you're looking forward to like, what's the thing that I'm spending money for when I'm going to buy this new console? Uh, like what's the things that I have an expectation for? Like these little touches are the things that we're going to wind up seeing in this generation that I think are at some point going to fade away. Like I think that some of the stuff right now, it has a lot of wow factor in terms of the visual fidelity and the, visual capacity for how that stuff kind of looks. But I think that the, where we wind up getting to that spot where all of those little small touches no longer feel like they're special, then this generation is going to have to think about another way to kind of pull you in to the kind of, you know, either visual splendor bits or from the mechanical feelings of the haptics of, at least on the PS5, especially, the haptics in the controller. And again, like Microsoft and Xbox, they have their own versions of this. It's not the same, um, 
kind of a, a full plate of, you know, haptic feedback in that way. But, you know, I have an expectation now having played a couple of titles of what, you know, the dual sense is going to do and what the initial versions of what people are going to do with the dual sense is going to wind up being. We've seen it in a couple of games now where you've had this kind of, you know, dual trigger pull for the, you know, for, for your, for your, uh, for your trigger buttons where you have this half pull that does one thing and you have a full pull that does something else. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that's probably going to be another version of what happens in horizon. Um, but just mixed in with all of, again, this really pretty, pretty, pretty game, uh, that is mashing up all this tribal, uh, iconography and, 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 and graphical kind of touchstones to this kind of futuristic layer that we wind up seeing in the first game. And then they're going to expand on in the second game. It, the facial capture stuff looks really good. The, the, the way things are presented looks really fantastic. It's going to be really cool to see how far gorilla really, um, has taken this stuff, uh, with this game. Uh, I, I'm just really excited for it. It looks super cool. I'm happy that we're getting a chance to see it for the first time. I, I really can't wait for them to do the deeper dive into what this game is going to wind up being. Um, I I did joke, though, on Twitter because um, this big conversation happened around Alloy's kind of face and how she looks like she put on some weight uh, being in the, you know, going from the first generation of this game to the second generation of this game. And someone on my timeline was like, look, Everybody was in the pandemic. Everybody put on a little bit of weight, uh, and I kind of loved it. It was it was actually a great comment uh, to to a lot of the stupid nonsense that we saw kind of running around that conversation through. You know, some folks who 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 just weren't smart, <laughs> uh, who who got a lot of love or got a lot of got a lot of energy and 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 tweets and, and quote tweets and got ratioed pretty hard because of their dumb take on on all the stuff. Um, it was funny because there was a scowl. A picture of alloy in the space and i tweeted out that i was like i'm not gonna front my first my first thing was like the scowling face looks a lot like tucker calls <laughs> and people got mad at me for it and i'm fine with it it's okay like i i again i'm not saying she looks like tucker carlson or that she has the same political views of Tucker Carlson. I did say that there's a little a small resemblance in the scowl and the furrowed brow and the in the and the things that, that I kind of saw. It was like the first thing. You know when you get that first like here's a thing that I see and then what's the you know association that you first think of? It was one of those moments. And I think some people have taken that out of context to think that I'm saying like, you know, people are like, You ruined the game for me because you connected these two people together. I was like, look, my brain just works the way it works. You gotta deal with it. You'll you'll be fine. Um but I'm excited for it. It's going to be cool. Uh, I have a feeling, again, like this is going to be a game that gets blown out um, in terms of marketing, in terms of, you know, what this game is going to wind up being. Um, and and I'm, I'm excited to see how how far they kind of take it. Like, I think that there is a way to do this game that is going to hopefully surprise us in some ways. I, I'm I'm hoping that we wind up getting some some surprises, not only in the the lore for this game, but in the way that this game winds up kind of being shown. Like I, I, I this is a game that I'm gonna go into to 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 radio silence on until we get hopefully uh you know um 
retail copies or you know pre 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 release pre release copies for review uh whenever that game is actually out for for us to be able to do that so um i'm excited for it i think it's i think it looks dope uh i'm excited again for what gorilla has done i love what they what they did in the last game now that we see the precedent of this game now being on pc that's also going to be a thing that's going to be interesting to see if they do a day and date of this game on ps5 and then also on pc or if not uh it should be probably coming to pc at a later date because i think that um gorilla probably found some success in that game being out on pc with the with the later release date uh so that makes a lot of sense as well uh and to see what this is going to look like on a pc uh is going to be wild it's going to be like i don't even know how pretty this thing is going to look like on a on a widescreen uh you know machine with a really good gpu running it so um word horizon looks really good looks super impressive i'm very excited about that um dying light 2 which was a game that i was super hyped for as well um is coming out in december there was a gameplay trailer that dropped in a uh if you had watched my instagram if you had watched my twitter feed uh the lovely folks from techland sent over some nice swag to come over with a uv light uh and some posters uh to kind of talk about the re- the date that they were going to talk about more dying light 2 and they had this the stream uh that showcased a whole bunch of new stuff from the game you know a lot of the kind of new traversal stuff the way that the world works now is a little bit different in terms of you know the conversation of nighttime and daytime was always there but now it's been broadened out even even further um and it and it feels like they have expanded in that world not only just in size but in scope of what you will hopefully be able to do within that game and again anytime you put a paraglider or a parachute in a game that usually gives me prop <laughs> usually gives you props for you to think about the way you're doing traversal and, and stuff like that um also a game that looks really good Again, we're in this moment where video games are just going to be pretty as hell uh, for all the th- all the stuff that they're trying to do. And now, um, because it's kind of expanded on this layer of factions being in the space of you working with and against other people, you now get this kind of um, interplay between these groups where you have multiple factions who are vying for parts of the city while also kind of trying to figure out ways that they can all survive against each other, which I think is going to be fun. I I, I want to see um, for a game that doesn't really need multiplayer. This, this is a kind of perfect game for multiplayer in some ways, uh, kind of smaller maps because the map got expanded for, for this game, but to have a kind of larger, broader map now, with some ability to have you doing parkour with, you know, these cobbled together weapons uh, based around melee could be pretty interesting to see if they added a a multiplayer layer to this at some point. I think it would be fun to see uh, what they're going to do with it. Um, I do, I do hope that, you know, this game doesn't get lost it could be one of those games that gets lost in the shuffle. It's coming out at a good time of the year, like coming out in December, which is kind of usually a dead time for games to drop, knowing that things in the fall are going to be dropping a bunch, like a bunch of stuff is going to be dropping in October of this year, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, 
but the cycles of games have also changed too. Like we had a, we had a, there was a moment when you kind of knew when things were going to drop and, 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 and you had an expectation for where things were going to land. But now because of COVID and everything else, and it's kind of getting back into the world um, post COVID, it, it feels like there is a space now for games to kind of drop when they need to drop. Like, I think that's also to the benefit of everyone in the world where you now don't have to think about cramming everything into the same spots, which the kind of usual spots where games land, you don't have to necessarily do that, which is, which is great. I think that that's a good thing. Um, and that just winds up benefiting everybody to, to a certain extent where, you know, developers can kind of, can kind of wait and do what they need to do. Publishers can kind of figure out the best places to land for their games. Um, we wind up not having some of the, hopefully not having some of the, you know, bloated expectations that don't necessarily meet the games that wind up coming out. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about Biomutant. Um, but yeah, like Dying Light as a game, which I love the first one. I thought the first one was brilliant. Um, now I'm just really excited to see what this is going to bring. I think it's going to be super, super good. And, and And the other part of all of this is that, you know, when you get a game like this, one of the best parts is like what and I'm not. And trust me, I am not a person who is super hyped about collector's editions anymore, but they showed off the new collector's edition and I'm actually kind of hyped for it. So one of the things that we got <clears throat> a couple years ago uh, in 2019 was this really fantastic figurine um, from the game. And they're going to redo another one that looks super cool. Lights up has kind of this kind of like UV light uh thing that that is like on this light pole uh that's like overlooking two of the characters and you know if you're familiar with the lore of dying light uv light is a thing that kills the zombies or at least kind of holds them off um so it's cool to see them kind of dig into stuff like that so i will be bugging the folks from techland to be like yo that journal looks kind of fire you know can we can we make something happen uh <laughs> so i can i can complete the collection uh in there so dying light 2 looks like it's going to be fun um, pretty excited for what that game is going to be really hyped for jumping back into that world and seeing how they've expanded it and seeing what the next kind of, um, things that they're going to be digging into from a lore world building perspective, which I always think is going to be cool. It's also funny because I just finished watching army of the dead on Netflix. So I'm, I'm fully back on my zombie ish. Uh, in a in a in a bigger way, so that I'm pretty excited for. So, December seventh, twenty twenty one, will be the date that it drops. I'm ex- extremely hyped to see what this is going to wind up being. I think that they're they've figured out good ways to do cool stuff again, and and we'll see. After this game went dark for a while, good to see the Techland is pulling it back together and making this making this a thing. So, Dying Light Stay Human will be out pretty soon. Uh, very excited about that. Um, what else is in that conversation? The other gaming news that dropped on Friday of this week was the highly anticipated debut of gameplay from Far Cry 6. So let me say, I am very, very excited about Far Cry. I, I, I love Far Cry as a series. I think it does really wacky, stupid stuff, um, in a way that, um, 
a lot of games don't dig into in that way, which I think is is actually pretty fun. There's a lot of games that take themselves extremely serious, and and sometimes that's not as necessary to be able to have a fun story to tell. Um, the 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 usual issue is when you have a game like a Far Cry that that if we're being super honest from a Ubisoft perspective, Ubisoft perspective digs into the ideas around things that are happening in the world and then bridging them out into gameplay. So we saw that in the previous Far Cry game where we talked about, you know, what's happening in the United States around the kind of um, um, homegrown terrorist uh, conversation and cults. Uh, we saw that happen, which I think they did a, a an interesting job of by, by building up a really interesting baddie uh, in that game and then kind of letting them run wild and letting you run wild across the rest of the playscape and, and, and having space to kind of, you know, run amok and, and, and cause chaos wherever you want. This version uh, takes us to kind of 1950s, 1960s Cuba uh where you are taking on the 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 protagonist of this young woman who is a freedom fighter in that game um against a character who is uh you know vi- visually and voiced by Giancarlo Esposito who's one of my favorite actors you know one of my favorite actors of all time I think he's just brilliant um, in so many games that he's that he's been able to play in, um, uh, so so many movies he's been able to play in, um, so he has you have this iconic face of the the bad guys in this game, and then you have this young woman who is, um, kind of leading the resistance uh, against this dictator who is in this space. The game itself looks brilliant. It looks super fun. Wild weapons, uh, dope kinds of you know, interactions between the main character and the rest of the world, you know, wild stuff like a, a missile, a missile backpack <laughs> that you can shoot off all these customizable weapons and guns and cars and all this kind of stuff. It's a really pretty looking game set in a place um, that doesn't get a lot of love uh, at all from, from any real way. So it's cool to see them dig into a new space while kind of, you know, talking about or at least talking around the edges of what potentially could be, you know, what is a very political stanced game, which, of course, Ubisoft has has adamantly, again, said that they are not making a political game um, and, you know, all the things that lay in with that conversation there from a gameplay gameplay perspective, you know, Hyped about what, what's going to wind up being there. Um, it looks rad. It looks dope. Like, it looks pretty. It's going to be fun because uh, gunplay has always been good in that game. Uh, we'll see what they do with the kind of around-the-world interactions with stuff that you usually you usually find in a Far Cry game. You know, we'll see if they have the, like, you can go shoot a bear in the ass, and then the, the bear shoots the... I mean, the bear shoots. The bear kills all the people in the town who are the bad guys. Like, we'll see if they do any of that kind of stuff um, that they usually do, which... Um, shout out to Andy Cortez over from kind of funny when we were doing a, um, they were doing a kind of like watch along of the trailer for this in real time. And because of the way that they set up their stuff, you, you know, if you've been a part of the kind of family, a uh, kind of funny family and been a part of any of their streams, 
you know, they have a, you know, their Discord, you can kind of just roll up in there when you want. So we all like rolled in there uh, and bum rushed it. Me, Paris, and a couple of other folks, Steve Saylor. And uh, we were talking about it and he had this really good um, um, anecdote or this really good thought about what he really likes about Far Cry and what he doesn't is that he's like, you kind of wish that they would go all the way in when it comes to, um, you know, showing you this really bad character that you have to fight but they then go into this layer of hijinks that kind of takes you out of the experience and i fully agree with that like you you've seen that in so many of the far cry games where you have this really dope sinister evil character that you want to take down and you want to do harm to uh because they're doing harm in the world but then you wind up doing all this weird wacky stuff that takes you out of that thing oh let's go ride a a a a go-kart with a chopper on the top of it and oh let's make these animals fight and let's bring this unnecessary supernatural layer to it that doesn't need to be here and, and all this other kind of stuff it, it they 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 do really good things in the overall layers to the game but sometimes they wind up just like adding stuff that pulls you out of what could be a really really thoughtful and interesting play on you know, how do you build up characters over time? How do you really tackle a really evil character without making them feel like they are also in a TV show? Like there's ways to do that, um, that I feel sometimes Ubisoft doesn't trust their own work to be able to dig into it in those ways. Um, so it, it will be cool to see what they wind up coming through with, um, while also giving you a gun that you can shoot cds that play the macarena which was also one of those kind of just like you know really like we're really going to do this we're going to we're going to set it in a, a latin country and then we're going to give you this song to be the song that you wind up pulling through i'm sure they're going to you know they'll f- probably give you other songs they play but that being the first song that you kind of see uh play in the promotional material we all like everybody who's had a latin friend was like oh come on y'all like for real well, you could have, you could have, you could have picked another song for this. You could have did something dope, uh, but you kind of went the, the kind of very, very stereotypical. Hey, I, I brought all my my white friends to this Mexican uh, resort. <laughs> we, hey, everybody, we're hitting this all inclusive. Let's everybody get to the Macarena line. Like, oh, come on, y'all. Like, for real, you don't have to do that. Um, but besides that, I think that the the the, the game is going to be cool. I think that the space, if we let it be what it is. Um, is going to be cool to dig around in and see what they do from DLC and, and all the other kinds of stuff. The thing that I alluded to earlier in the, in the show around the kind of energy that is so super unnecessary in this space, and, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but I'll say it anyway, I don't care, is like with this thing and then also with the alloy thing that we saw over the past week, um, there's just so much, again, like weird unnecessary commentary on stuff that you can't fix. Like I, 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 at this point understand the need to continuously say, well, Ubi, we know that this game is a political game. Like, you know, everything is political. There is no apolitical space. We understand this because we're smart human beings who understand how the world works as a, collective as people who are part of the video game industry who have been seeing this who are residents of whatever country you may live in and especially in america you understand that those things are always always there 
the weird knee-jerk reaction to them saying, hey, this game isn't political. We're not trying to make it political. To see so many people like spend so many cycles on that layer of this conversation is so annoying at this point. It's like such a weird thing to continue to have to go down this thing when you understand that Ubi, from what we can tell, is not going to change their stance on this from a public perception or public uh, response way. And then, like, let's be fair. Let's be real honest about it. Let's keep it 100. There is no version. Like, okay, let me let me take a step back. What I would ask folks, folks, when they have this conversation and they continually bring it up is this. We know Ubi's not going to change their mind. We know Ubi's not going to change their, their, their public stance on how they kind of describe the games that they make in this way. And we also know that, again, the games have a political tinge to it because of the way that they're set and the, because of the way that the conversations around the game go, plus the, 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 the content of where these things are set. And in the in the in the the interplay between the characters that have been set up in those spaces, knowing that that's the case, what do you want Ubisoft to do? Because there's a lot of energy around like what they should have said and what they shouldn't have said, and why do they keep playing everybody by talking about things not being political when we know it's all political? We all know that. So if we all know that, as an industry. And we want to hold their feet to, to, to the fire for the, you know, the things that have happened within the organization and within the company, which people are still doing, which they should be. When it comes to this particular stance on this particular thing, what do you want them to do? Like, what's the what's the win situation for us as the as the press in this way? Because I'm curious about it because I don't understand what it could be. Ubisoft comes out and says that the game is political. We say we write the same stories that we would have written anyway about what the political stance is that we all have, that we have as individuals that connect to this piece of work. And then either they meet that standard of what we think is a good political comment is good political commentary based on the world that they've built, or they missed the boat in a way that I feel like they probably done in most of the games they've already played. I mean, already made. The answer is like, it doesn't matter what Ubisoft says about their game, if it's political or not. We know it is, so write the piece. You're going to write the piece anyway. You're either going to give it kudos or you're going to give it, you're going to, you're going to say it wasn't shit anyway, or you'll pick apart the parts that were reasonable and you give your stance and you give your take on it to see if they landed in a way that does that conversation justice or you just continue to write the piece. Like it's it, it it's a weird that we continue to go down this weird path of signal boosting a thing that the other side is never going to change in a way that we do so that it doesn't give it doesn't tell Ubisoft anything that's different than what we've heard in the past 5 years. It doesn't tell the audience anything different than different than what they already know. And and the folks who are already on the side of the fence who are either on your side who are like, hey, this is stupid that they are not talking about the political stances in this game, so why support it? And then on the other side of that fence, you have the people who are like, don't put politics in our games. Either way, you have to write, you have to decide to write the piece or not. So like, write the piece. (laughs) Like, you know, like, you know the beef that's already there. Like, just do the work. The work is already there to be done. 
you already understand when you come to this to this to this to this article or to, to this piece of content in, around this game you already have in your mind this thing that you already want to say so say that thing why do all this extra performative stuff that goes along with the like oh ubisoft did, made their game and it's not and they said it wasn't political like who gives a shit like who cares if they said it's not political doesn't mean you still can't write the piece. Doesn't mean you weren't going to write the piece. It just means that you had more time on Twitter to talk about a thing that you didn't really need to talk about. Because it doesn't do anybody any justice besides getting the same people around the same energy to say the same thing that they've been saying over for the past five years. I don't understand that part. That part frustrates me at this point. Because it's so reactionary. And so and the part that bogs me is not even the fact that it's re- reactionary. It's the fact that it's so, so predictable. Like it's a, like again, anytime Ubi comes out with a game that's like this, the same people are gonna have the same stance about the same thing in the same way with the same energy. I'm bored of it. I'm looking at that stuff like, yo, can you just calm down now at this point? Cause it's not gonna tie any of the pieces that you want to tie together together. It's just not. It's cool to do it if you I would much rather people be like, yo, I want to be mad online and I want I want people to like my my tweet. As opposed to having this like weird self-righteous thing about about the game where, again, it doesn't change the conversation. It doesn't add any new layers to it. It doesn't bring out some new complexity to the to the argument. And it just makes you sound like you have nothing else to do. Except be online and be mad. And I, and I don't know. I, maybe I'm just in my mad bag too. I'm being mad about people being mad, but I'm just like, come on, man. Like, like for real. Like, is this what we're gonna spend all this time on to like do this, do this dance again? Like, there's got to be more stuff to do. There's got to be more stuff to do. Um. So so it just winds up being this like extra layer of excuse me, not only this conversation, but so many others that we see where I I just want my journalist friends. I want the rest of my peers in the press and in the entertainment space to be able to just think about this stuff. Do the, do the dope work that you were already doing and already going to do. Don't give all these other weirdo people, all this extra clout and all this extra, uh, uh, visibility for, People who, again, don't know how this works and also don't understand how the industry works and also can't do your job. It feels very thin skinned in this way. That's like I am protecting my work in this way that I need to do so that either, you know, because I understand that the industry doesn't treat me well and I know that the community doesn't treat me well and I understand that jobs like this are tenuous because they don't pay well and do all this other kind of stuff where you feel like you have to defend your work against people who don't give a fuck about you anyway and don't care about your stances, don't care about the good work that you do. So like why spend energy on that stuff? Even at the companies that are doing this work in these games that again, they're not changing that stance. So what are you going to do about that part? All the huffing and puffing doesn't do anything. At least in my mind, it doesn't. And I'm, I'm just frustrated by the fact that we spend so many cycles huffing and puffing about a thing while expecting or hoping that the company, the companies who have not changed their stances in forever are going to magically do that. And if they do, it still doesn't change 
the timber of the way that you attack that content. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my bag today about all that kind of stuff. Cause it, cause I, and I'll be honest, like, and it, it leans into the conversation about my feelings earlier in the show, like seeing that stuff. And maybe that's just, you know, maybe that's just the universe telling me to pare down my, my Twitter follows and all that other stuff and, and, and all that. Cause I, but I really do like love my peers. Like I love the people who are doing this work because it is a selfless job in a lot of different ways. Like, again, we have the pleasure of being able to cover video games in this way. We get free shit. We get free games. We get to talk about stuff before people see it. We get to play stuff before people see it. We get to do a lot of cool stuff in the space, but God damn, there's so much energy. That's so fussy about stuff that kind of doesn't matter. And maybe again, that's me, maybe, you know, fully sitting in my chair of privilege of being all the things that I am and all that kind of stuff. There are definitely people who get crapped on way more than other people, but a lot of times people willingly give themselves up to be crapped on. It sucks to say that out loud, but it's true. If people didn't jump into every fight, like it's the biggest fight on the planet, sometimes that energy just wouldn't be there for you. And it sucks to say that, but it's true. So I'm hoping people are smarter about guarding your peace because that's a way to guard your peace. You don't have to jump into every far, every, every argument about everything because it doesn't hold that much weight. It's not that important. It's not that deep. If it's really that deep, then damn, we got to figure some stuff out as an industry, as people, as individuals. Like I know people have triggers. I know people are, are, are aggrieved by certain things that are happening in their life. I know that there are people who get massive amounts of harassment about a whole bunch of stuff, but there are also some people who jump directly into the pot and then get mad when, when things go badly. I sit on the sidelines and I watch this stuff like, man, that does not, that was not smart. And then people get mad and they'd be like, oh, well, I got to lock my account. Oh, word. I got to just not say, oh, people are in my mentions and do all this kind of stuff. I was like, you ain't have to say nothing for a thing that isn't that important. So, um, I, I want people to be better. I want people to take some time to really think about the actions that they, that they play within this ecosystem of yuck that happens in the space while also continue to do the fantastic work that they do that actually has an audience that cares about their work and actually has an audience that really wants to see them um, continue to prosper, um, both inside the industry and outside the industry. I care a lot about people's mental health. I care a lot of people, uh, I care a lot about people's well-being because I know, again, we in this industry, we are constantly embattled. We are constantly in a battle with, with the same audience that we're trying to serve, constantly. We're constantly fighting in fights with the people who we're trying to serve, who are, you know, a lot of them, again, are jerks and are too close to the industry in a way that they don't understand and also are super ill-informed, but think they know everything. So knowing that that's the foundation, you got to protect your peace, yo. Like you got to figure out ways to not have to add extra layers of nonsense to your own life for not having to jump into every conversation about every uh, uh, single thing when the people who are saying that thing just don't matter. So, um, yeah, that, that was, that was my (laughs) thing about all of that stuff. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, hang out for a little bit. 
Again, we're going to listen to a quick ad from all of our dope folks out in the world. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Hi, Merrick Kay here for the Fanbyte Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F, a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something? <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> And take your questions about the best jokers. Flabars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good... Oh, give, me, give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause purification. Welcome back to the Spoiler Me Podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, rocking with you here in Bricago, getting it in. Uh, if you missed the first part of the show, you missed out on a good rant. <laughs> uh, me in my feels about people being in their feels. It was feelception, uh, the episode. Um, lastly, before we get up out of here, I want to talk a little bit about Biomutant. <clears throat> Uh, and give some love to some folks. Uh, Biomutant wasn't a good game. I got a chance to play it uh, a couple, like probably a couple weeks before uh, launch. And I went into that game really excited. I was very, very, very excited about everything that I saw from the promotional material to the uh, the way that it got talked about. It kind of was in this kind of veil of, 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 of secrecy about what this game was going to wind up being. And I boot the game up. It looks gorgeous. It's pretty. It looks fantastic. It's all these things. And I'll keep this short because it's not a lot to talk about. But that game really, really um, was was done a disservice by the way that it was marketed. Um, it, it, It's that classic like, wow, you kind of too big for your britches in terms of the way that it got shared. And it wind up not doing that game justice because there's parts of that game that just don't work well. Um, I wasn't a fan. Like the biggest part of that game that's not great is the way that you engage in combat. Combat in that game is just feels bad from a melee perspective is even worse from a shooting a guns perspective. They give you a bloom reticle so that you have these stats that are attached to your guns. And yes, it's an RPG in a lot of different ways. But you want things to hit. Like, it feels like XCOM when you have, a, like, there's this meme about XCOM is when you have, a, like, your, your character has a gun directly on the alien's head and it's like 90%, 99% hit rate and it still misses. Like, that was like most of Biomutant for the time that I play it. played it. Traver you know, traversing the world was great. It felt really nice to do all that kind of stuff. The characters were cute. The customization parts of that game are brilliant and I loved it. Um, but it just felt like the core things that you do in that game just don't work well. And you can't have that in a game that's like that, like game from a really small studio. No one knows what it's really about. It was highly anticipated by so many people. Um, and sadly that game just misses the mark in so many different ways. It just doesn't feel good 
from a base layer, and that base layer is so important. You can't have that in a game like this. Um, it just doesn't make sense to have a game like that live in the world and not have those things be on point. So um, <clears throat> usually a game like that, you wind up playing through to, to completion to try to finish it so you have the kind of most thorough thought of what that looks like. And sadly, I just couldn't do it. Like, it wasn't fun. I had I had so much time that I was playing with that game where I was like, man, I can't wait for Ratchet and Clank to drop. Because that's what this game is the kind of close analog to in terms of, you know, third person, has some melee stuff in it, has some shooting stuff in it um, with cute characters around the world, um, that kind of stuff. Like, I hated the gibberish in that game. The thing made me feel stupid. I hated it. <laughs> and they, it just like everything took an extra two beats longer than it needed to. Like, the way mission structures work were just like, conversations were a little bit too long all those things were just a little bit too extra like all that stuff just wound up being something that it just didn't need to be um as long as it needed to be so i i i would say if you really are interested in buying like go wait for that thing to be on a steam sale or if you to be on a sale and then check it out but even even in that conversation i would say it's a pass like i would just say just pass it over there are other games that are going to be coming out that are better Games that you're gonna have more fun with, um, and 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 things that are out there right now um, that are just m- more, uh, you know, a, a better use of your time. Like Knockout City, Knockout City, fantastic! I am so excited about that game. Fantastic! That game feels good is in all the ways you want. It is f- is fueling my competitive juices again, in the way the Disc Jam did. Um, I am playing it nightly at this point, trying to rank up our, our spawn on me crew. Please join the spawn on me crew. We need more people in the spawn on me crew. Uh, I tweeted out the, the numbers and all that kind of stuff. So please do that. Um, I saw the folks from kind of funny are going to get their logo in the game. Uh, EA, uh, we have one of the dopest logos on the planet. Uh, and we have a whole bunch of people who are looking to play more knockout city with us. Uh, please let's find a way to get spawn on me logo in that game. Because that would be super fire to have that be on our squad. Anyway, um, it's really good. It is it is three on three competitive dodgeball uh, with a lot of power ups and all this other kind of cool stuff. And it just feels really good. It was a game that did not have expectations to feel this good, and they've knocked it out of the park. I can't even front. I I, I can't even front like they're not actually just like making that game as good as it possibly can. Uh, and I'm hoping that's going to be a game where we see more of an expansion of you know more people playing that stuff more maps more more power-ups more more cool balls to throw um and all that kind of cosmetic stuff that you need for a game like this to kind of continue to get bigger um in the space so shout out to, to to knockout city for being my surprise game of 2021 so far uh i mean alongside returnal uh is one of the games that i did not see as being something i'd really want to jump more into and, and have more time with but it's super super good so knockout city is is pretty fantastic. Um, before we go uh, for the episode this week, uh, and again, thanks everybody for listening, even though we got the show out late this week. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to my friends over at Konami. Uh, we did a fantastic two hour stream the other day uh, in conjunction with them letting us play Super Bomberman R online. Uh, it was so much fun. We had a blast working with the Konami team. 
Again, as a huge Silent Hill and Metal Gear fan, I never thought that I'd be able to say that I was working directly with the folks from Konami. Uh, we had the two-hour stream to benefit Stand Up to Cancer, and they do fantastic work uh, making sure that doctors and, and, and the space has everything it needs to to make sure that folks who have been diagnosed with cancer have a have a uh, a more than nominal uh, survival rate. Um, so that has been super cool. We had a, a goal of twenty five hundred dollars, and we blew through that in two hours and landed at ten thousand dollars plus uh, in a two hour stream with huge donations from our friends over Konami, uh, dropping donos of like two thousand to five thousand dollars a piece. Um, so it was again. It's always good to be able to do what we can in that in that space for uh, charity. It's always good as an extension of what we do at Spawn, for Spawn for Good to be able to do work like that with bigger brands. Now uh, I love doing that kind of work. It's always fun. Always makes you feel good about what you what you can do and what video games can do. Uh, so always always love being able to uh, uh, you know continue to do that work with with companies like that in this way. Um, so it's always fun. It's always, always a blast to be able to do that kind of stuff. So huge shout out again to our friends over Konami for letting us be a part of that, uh, send over some, some dope swag and running a contest with us, uh, that ended yesterday as of the, as of this recording. Um, so word, there's a lot of interesting things coming down the pipeline for, for, for me and for the show. Uh, we'll be having some guests on that you may have heard of and some new folks as well. Uh, in the upcoming weeks, uh, E3 is coming up very, very shortly. Summer Games Fest is coming up very shortly. I'm going to be doing some projects, uh, hopefully around that uh, and around those times and stuff in July. I mean, in June and July. Uh, so cool stuff happening there. And yeah, I think, you know, again, I'm hoping to continue to host a whole bunch of things if possible. So again, I know there are industry folks who listen to the show. If you're looking for a host to do some of that work for your E3 content, for your Summer Games Fest content, for your Game Awards content, I'm your boy to do that work. I'm the guy to, to, to call up. I think I, I've earned a slot uh, after hosting Dice and then also uh, Games Beat this year to potentially be in the running for some of that stuff. So I'd continue to want to do that with all of you out there in the gaming industry. So hit me up and let me know if that's uh, something you'd want to do. Uh, and then lastly again thank you this week and every week for 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 rocking it is it is sometimes hard to get a show out the door um it really does affect me to see all this kind of negative energy in the space um you know hashtag Kyle log off <laughs> is probably what needs to be said but it, but you know it, it it's it's one of those things that I, I want people to understand that like you have power you have the power to help engage the audience in good ways, even if the ways that they engage with you are not great. And I think a lot of that happens. We see more of the negative stuff push out because that's just the way that the algorithms of the internet work. And I will not front and never say that again, that the, the, the balance between the negativity that we see from people within the industry outwardly towards the community that ratio is not in the favor of the folks behind the scenes doing the work in the industry. We get way more stuff thrown at us from unreasonable people all the time than you ever see coming from industry folks going out towards the community. 
it's just it's it's just more of y'all out there who potentially could be bad actors in that way but i think that there is a part of that equation that works for us again to not have to be a part of every conversation every every dumbass who has an opinion doesn't need a response uh every every stupid article that gets put out there like there was a a a, an article that got pushed out a little bit earlier this week from hard drive mag which is basically the onion for gaming and so many folks got upset about it because it kind of you know it leans into this idea of again journalists don't do anything and they just kind of throw stuff out there and it doesn't really have merit and you know and i was just like why are people getting upset about this thing like this doesn't deserve like we know it's satire even if you don't like it we know it's a a satirical site and also if it's not talking about you and the work that you do even if it perpetuates a stereotype that's already out there you don't have to like jump out in front of it and be like i am not that person it's like the conversation about men are trash, right? It's like, if you ain't trash, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> like, you just don't have to. Um, so again, I think that we can play a better role in how to, how we engage with some of the stuff that winds up being out there in a way that not only benefits the community, but also benefits your peers where you don't, you don't give air to stuff when we live in this very reactionary space where everyone feels like they have to have an opinion and everyone feels like they have to defend all of their work and everyone feels like they have to um signal boost that we oh i'm not like that other thing or i'm not i'm not in that group or i'm not you know that work that you just talked about that thing like that doesn't reflect what i do like if you know you do dope stuff continue to do the dope stuff everyone sees it the people who matter see it and the people who don't matter don't give them any don't give them any room. Don't give them any love by giving your platform to them so that you can then boost the dumb shit that they said. Anyway, massive love to all of you out there in 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 the world. Again, you are the lifeblood of this show. You continue to push us into new and better directions. Uh, we're continuing to figure out ways that we can be a part of all the conversations and I can be a part of all the conversations that need to be had and, and and hopefully grow this show and grow our platform into a big one because of all the dope folks out in Chicago, all of you. Um, so we're, we're going to get up out of here. Uh, expect a stream on Wednesday, 6 PM PST, uh, on twitch.tv slash spawn on me. A new episode will be recorded live there. I think we're going to have the fam Eli Harris on the show who, if you listen to the opener of our episode, that is the person who is doing the voiceover for that work. Um, so I'd I'd love to have uh, him on the show to talk about all the work that he's done in the industry and he wants to continue to do in this industry, uh, going forward. So much love to you all. I hope you all have a wonderful Memorial day. Please keep yourselves safe. Keep yourselves, uh, out of trouble, (laughs) uh, pick good fights, uh, and keep your mental state safe, uh, by keeping your head down, knocking out the work and making sure you continue to do dopeness and put it out into the world. So. Uh, Mad love to you all. We'll see you all next week. Peace.